Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, what kind of spirits lurked deep below a home with an ugly dirt floor basement? Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown. Possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That it is. 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. We would absolutely love to hear them. Of course, if you uh, like the program, keep us on the air, become an extra podcast person. Sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. When you do, you get access to our ebook, our audiobook. Both of those, like 15 bucks a pop if you buy them on uh, Audible or uh, the Apple Pot or uh, iTunes uh, or the, uh, the, if you buy the book itself, the physical book. Uh, those you get uh, for free. You get the uh, ebook and the audiobook. You also get our archive of ghost stories, the largest audio archive of ghost stories ever created, our bonus episodes every single week that we put out for you, uh, as well as advanced episodes, all commercial free. Do it at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories to get in on all of that. Tony and Harper with you on today's episode of the show. What's going on? What what day is this episode coming out? Uh, August 26th. Okay, so after my birthday. Actually, yes. By the time this airs, you will be a big four-year-old. Nine. Nine, yes. Nine, yes. Not, not three, Dad. That's true. You've been on the air since three. Not, not, not daily, but you've been telling stories on this show since you were about three. So, uh, we. I'd love. I got to go back into the archive and find some of those. Oh no, noggin. Yes, no noggin. Yes. Is there going to be a, another one this Halloween that you're going to come no. up with? No, you're not going to create anything? I might create something very dramatic, but it's not going to be no noggin. No noggin's gone. Okay. Noggin's if you're wondering, gone. look back to Halloween's of, oh gosh, uh, 2015, 16, 17, somewhere around there to hear Harper's original appearances on the show. Uh, and uh, you've come a long way, child. Yep. You sure have. Now you're here co-hosting, which it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, 855-853-4802 Our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us Let's go to a caller first Hi, let's hear your story Hi, my name is Tashiana um, I've been listening to the podcast For a few months now I'm really hoping to become an EPP soon uh, Alright, I guess it's time for my story uh, My story is kind of like a, a mix of, of Um I was raised in a really small town. Uh, the house that I was raised in was built in the early 1900s as a stick house. And if you don't know what that is, it's practically if they didn't know how to cure you, they would put you in this house and lock you up. And if you survived, you survived. If you died, you died. Um, in the later 1900s, it was rebricked over and made into an actual house. Um, my grandmother had a thing about antiquing and thrift shopping and secondhand stores and anything she could get her hands on. Um, the house was very, very cluttered. It was like an episode of Borders without the trash. Um, my grandmother passed away last year. Um, and she left everything to me, my uncles, and my aunt. So 
eventually I got engaged and moved out. When I moved out, I took a good handful of stuff. Well, it was me, my fiance, and we had my fiance at the time, no longer with that person, but uh, we had two roommates with us. And one of them would talk about when no one was at home, she would hear footsteps or she would hear knocking like on the door coming from me and my fiance's room. And my fiance's little brother was awakened. So he had this um, ritual to go through the house with a candle and whatever room the candle goes out in, it would mean that there was something spiritual there. Well, he went through the house and the candle went out in the kitchen and in our closet, which is where I had put, divided uh, my grandmother's stuff in. And once I moved out, they no longer hear things. So, <laughs> and I, I guess, you know, whatever it's attached to is still with me. But, you know, I'm okay with that because it's not harmful as far as I can tell because I was raised near. But um, thank you for uh, listening. And um, I will definitely try to send in more recordings soon. Alrighty. Bye-bye. Well, what they did to that house were like, if you, or like you would, where you get locked into the house and if you died, you died and if you lived, you lived. Mm-hmm. That's just brutal. That seems like a, a very disturbing thing. Died, you died, you live, you live. That's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting with the candle and how that uh, all works. And the closet. Yeah. You don't want something in your closet that's not okay, okay? Not something I think I'd want to experience myself. Thank you for sharing that story with us. Let's go to a letter. It says, first off, I'd like to say I love your show. I listen to it every day at work, and it makes my work day shorter. My story begins at my grandmother's house in a small town in Nebraska called Tilden. The house was built in 1894 and was used as a hospital up until the 40s or 50s. I'm not quite sure as I do not know much about the history of the house, only the fact that it was a hospital. My first encounter there was not too long after my grandmother had moved into the house. I was only about five or six, but I still remember this vividly. It was summer. I was outside playing in the pool like I normally did there. I had just gotten out of the pool ready to jump back in when I heard my grandmother calling my name. I walked into the room before entering the living room, where you could go left to the living room or right to the basement. As soon as I opened the door to the living room, I heard my grandma whisper to me from the basement, now, I hated the basement for a few reasons. The basement was a generic, creepy place. Dirt floor, single light bulb hanging in the middle, cold, and medical beds everywhere. But there was one part of the basement that terrified me to no end. It was a corner of the basement dug out that was much darker than the rest of the room. Anytime I walked by it, it made me extremely uncomfortable, and it was always super cold and smelled like it was rotting. But as soon as I heard my grandma whisper my name from downstairs, I froze. I decided to pretend I did not hear it and try to walk into the living room. Anyway, until she said it again, but louder, I thought that by the way she said it, I was in trouble. So I started making my way to the basement stairs where I saw the light was on, but an empty room. I called out to her, but there was no response. Thinking she was just playing a joke on me, I proceeded downstairs. I remember as soon as I got to the last step, it got ten times colder. So cold, it sent a shiver down my spine. I started walking around calling out to my grandma with no reply until I had turned my back to the portion of the room that was dug out. It got colder and I froze. I felt that something was watching me. 
I wanted to run back up the stairs as fast as I could, but my legs would not let me. Standing there, I heard something breathe and come close to my neck. I did not move until a deep voice said, Gotcha, in my left ear. After I heard the voice, I instantly started crying and sprinting towards the stairs. I ran into the living room where I saw my grandma walking out of the kitchen, frantically asking what was wrong. I could not speak. I told her I just wanted to leave, and we did. That's only a small portion of what went on in that house. There's dozens more stories I have, but that's all I have for today. Thank you for reading, and have a good day. Oh, that's unsettling. A little bit. No, not a little bit. A whole bunch. Yeah. I would not like something whisper in my ear. Gotcha. It, well, and then you got to wonder, too, okay, gotcha, is this something, you know, not a, I mean, she said other things did happen, but nothing immediately there that would be like, oh, my gosh, and then gotcha, and then suddenly, you know, something horrible happened. So is that a ghost just kind of being like, gotcha, you can hear me, I'm just trying to mess with you, or is it more foreboding of something else? Well, if it sounds that scary. Yeah. That does not sound okay. I, I would run. Yeah, that's not... Just run. I don't think I'd be good staying there very much longer. Uh, 855-853-4802, our number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's go to our next letter. It says, hi, my name is Alina, or Alina, Elena, and I've uh, been listening to your podcast for a while. I've heard, seen, and felt entities of all sorts. I also have dreams of future, several of future, the future several times. I've had past ones visit me in dreams. I know when people are pregnant before they're showing. And in occasions when they have not told me anyone else, not even their partner or family, I'm highly intuitive. I've been since I was a small child. I get feelings or visions of events happening right before they happen often. I grew up in a very Catholic household. I'm no longer religious. I'm incredibly open-minded though, or at least I try to be. One of my more intense experiences I had was when I was about nine, maybe ten. My parents have always fought. Even to this day, they fight a lot. Whenever they had a fight, I'd eventually, I'd usually leave the house or go play outside, ride my bike, rollerblade, or go on a walk. So this day, they were fighting. I decided to go rollerblading. I went down the street to the dead end. Usually, I'd go around the whole neighborhood, but I remember having a heavy feeling over me. The feeling I was not alone, and that kept feeling kept growing more intense. So I started going back home due to it, uh, due to be a bit spooky by this. I remember I was skating fast and I thought I saw something running alongside me in the bushes. I stopped because I thought it was a rabbit. Only thing I could think that could run that fast and it seemed about that size, maybe a bit bigger. I was curious, so I stopped and tried to see from the road what was in the bush. I walked off the road a bit down into the ditch to get a closer look and then I saw a face of no animal. I had ever seen before. It looked almost human. I skated home so fast after that. Once I got home, I went to my parents' piano room and sat down on the bench. My mom was to the right of me with her back to the open doorway. I just walked through. We were chatting and she was apologizing to me about the fight her and my dad had earlier. I did not tell her then what I had seen outside in the bushes because I did not know if she would believe me or not. And my mother is extremely Catholic and is very scared of anything paranormal because she used to believe all of it was evil. She since changed her mind due to her incredibly positive experiences with it later in life. 
We were sitting there talking with each other, and I saw something out the corner of my eye in the doorway. So I looked over to my left, and slightly, I froze in my seat. I could not look away from the doorway. I had the feeling of sleep paralysis. My mom was scared, too. She didn't want to turn around to see what I was seeing. She just kept saying, what are you seeing? What are you seeing? It was the thing from outside. It was smiling at me. Its face was flat and had white fur. The eyes of a person, as if someone were wearing animal skin, but with jaundiced eyes, a small nose, and an abnormally large mouth with yellow, sharp teeth. The rest of its body had brown, dirty hair and ears on top of its head that reminded me of horns, but looked more like goat ears, I guess. I felt like there was a person wrapped in this horrific form. Eventually, it slowly leaned out of the doorframe and still smiling, it never broke eye contact. Once it was out of sight, I felt myself come to. I told my mom what I had seen and how I saw it outside too, and she thinks I brought something home with me, and I think she was right. I also believe it may have attached itself to me already at the house before I left and just wanted to follow me around. I never saw it again, thankfully. I have many other stories to share as well, but this is all I have for y'all today. That's terrifying. Yeah. If if I could have shut my if if I were in that situation, if I could have shut my eyes, I would just shut my eyes until it left. It's like the Easter Bunny from Hell. Yep. <laughs> I uh, it gets weird when you get into the territory of things that don't look like people. They don't look like animals. I mean, something like that. It, it, it's not identifiable as a recognizable animal. It's not identifiable as a person. So it's like a, it's like kind of in that category of like a, a beast or a monster almost. Demon. And that's, yeah, I mean, and the fact that it's there and just causing terror and just causing fear. Luckily, that was all the interaction they had. Quite often you hear stories like that and it, it amps up and more things happen. I wonder what makes it decide to go away. Just make its one appearance and be gone. Just to mess with people. Yeah. I feel like that'd be me. But uh, people don't tend to go and, and do things like that or, or take other forms. If I could have as a ghost, oh God. If you could take other forms, sure, I get you would, but I don't I know. would I, take I, I, millions of forms and I'd become a demon. <laughs> I'd haunt the crap out of people. It's a great quote that someday your children can look back and listen to on the, uh, the podcast and put on your tombstone. <laughs> Now, mom said when she was eight, I want to haunt the crap out of people. <laughs> Let's quote it right there. Well, on my tombstone, when I do die, I want it to be like, I'm a demon now. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our number. Let's go to a caller. Hi, you're on the air. Hi, this is Adriana calling in from Bastrop, Texas. I just want to say I love your stories. Um, this is my first time calling in to tell you about my ghost stories. I actually have one that has been haunting me since I've been, that I can recall, seven years old. Now, when I say this ghost has been haunting me nonstop, it, I can ignore it. I can interact with it. It's just, it won't leave me alone. Um... So in the beginning, when I first, that I can recall at least, seven years old, I was 
in this duplex over at my, you know, in the living room. I was waking up because my sister and I normally sleep together in our bed, and I realized I was alone. So I was wandering, looking for her downstairs, and as I was going downstairs, I saw this little girl on the couch just facing the TV. And, of course, me, I'm just, you know, very curious. I'm a very curious person. I was, like, wondering, who is this? That's not my sister. I walk up to her, and, you know, once I got close enough to notice that most definitely was not my sister, I kind of just stared at her, wasn't trying to talk to her, but she looked my way, and I started talking to her. I was like, what's wrong? Who are you? And, of course, you know, she really never spoke to me, but she just kind of was just pointing at the TV. And I was like, what's wrong with the TV? Of course, you know, I'm a seven-year-old kid. I'm not really understanding what's going on. I can't even grasp what's happening at all until I realized, I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe I'm supposed to turn the TV on. And not even moments later, the TV cuts cuts on. It's like, okay, so it's morning time. The TV's on, but it's more like a staticky background and there's nothing playing. And I wake up and I'm like, what in the world? Like, what's going on? What just happened? And Looney Tunes at the moment is, is on after I had moments to think to myself what was going on. So then that was the very first time that I can remember having the same ghost that's been following me my entire life. The, sec- the second time would be is we used to do this thing with our neighbors because it's a duplex so of course you know, I'm sure you know what a duplex is one side there was like three kids same age as me and my sisters but it was two boys and one girl we used to do this game where we would knock on the walls and play and that would kind of be our way of calling each other out to play and we, me and my sister were knocking on the wall knocking on the wall and then somebody responded back knocking on the wall knocking on the wall so here we are super excited running next door and, and we're knocking on the door and we're like hey um we're here we're here let's play and no one's you know listening no one's opening the door to even come outside and i'm like okay so i'm like maybe they're not home or maybe they just can't come out to play and so we go inside and then again this time we don't even knock because we're wondering to ourselves like okay we're thinking to ourselves they're not home you know or I'm not sure, to be honest with you. It, it was just weird, the fact that we heard somebody respond, but no one opened the door. So then we're minding our business, enjoying our day inside the house, just playing with each other. And then we hear the knocking on the walls again. So we're like, what in the world is that noise? Like, like how is it that someone's knocking on the wall? And only, only me and the kids know, like me and my sister and the kids know, that's our way of communicating to let us know, like, hey, let's go play. And... No, it's just knocking. So we're like, okay, well, this is weird. We have to go. So we keep knocking on the door, our neighbor's door, and hoping that they would open. I'm thinking maybe the parent is just not letting them come out, and they're just being, you know, they're in trouble. You know, they're grounded or something. And next thing you know, the neighbor's car pull up, and they're there, and they're like, what are you doing? And we're like, oh, well, we've been hearing somebody knock on the wall, which I'm telling, I'm speaking to the kids at the moment, but... Um, we're t- I'm telling the adult as well, saying that we heard somebody knock on the wall and, and I wanted to see if they can come play, but, you know, I was just hoping that they can, but she was like, well, no one's been home. So then I look at, we look at each other and even the, that's at the moment, that, at that time, my neighbor had told me that there has been a murder in the duplex. I guess a family in there 
that used to live there before us had passed away and and it kind of was like freaking me out because I was like what in the world like why would you tell us that so of course we're you know I'm running back to my parents like this is happening whatever the case may be you know they told us this and kind of spooked me but then like after I found that out we have been having so many scary things happen to us where a few of my older sister items would be in the attic things in the attic will like be falling off of uh from the from the walls where the attic is and it it was it's just so many things that has been happening i if i could tell you all i would probably take up the entire podcast of the many stories that i've had with that same ghost it's just it, she just doesn't leave me alone she bothers people of family friends like every one of them that I like anyone that's ever known me has an interaction with her because of me as if I'm in the room with you you're going to see her you're going to feel her she's going to do something to catch your attention and I am 28 years old today I still have my roommate that I'm currently living with she's had had the same thing happen to her where I tell her you know this is a girl you know my girl ghost that has been following me since I've been seven years old and she wouldn't believe me until she had her own thing happen to her and she's like you're right she's here she's not leaving me alone I'm like just don't pay her any attention don't feed into it but um I guess until next time I guess I'll give you a call and hopefully you'll play my story until then thank you so much guys well Little girl, TV, static. Classic haunting. <laughs> like the ring or uh, the um, poltergeist? I'd say a little bit of both. Yeah. That's, I, I don't know how I would handle that, where you have something that's that seems to be following you, and no matter what, whoever you go around, that thing is going to then interact with the people that you bring into your life or that you have in your life. I think you'd, you would almost have a responsibility there too of like really being choosy about who you interact with and who you think could handle uh, having an experience like that. The ghost sounds like me and what I would do. I, I would find some way. I, I would not like that. I, I think you'd really... You'd want to find a way, if there's a way to try and control what's going on with that that spirit, because that would be that would be very troubling. I think to to constantly have to battle that all the time. Well, it'd still be really fun as a ghost. As a ghost, you're you're just you're stuck in this this mindset of of what it's like to be the ghost in these situations. Yes. Yeah, yes. not from the living perspective, but from the ghost perspective. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our number. Hi, you are on the air. Hi, my name is Kelly. I'm from extreme northeast Texas. And my son called in a few months ago and told part of my story, and I thought I would finish it up. I was raised in a house. It was a two-story house. Um, it had burned. Well, my bedroom had burned several times before we bought the house and I didn't know that and instead of replacing the walls they just put paneling over the walls and I would have this dream that this is before Freddy Krueger or anything like that I'm I'm 53 years old so that was before all of that 
uh, I would have this dream of a of a man that was burned, and he would sit at the end of my bed smoking cigarettes and talking to me. And the way I knew that he was burned is when he would take a drag off the cigarette, it would light his face up. And I was petrified of this man. Well, one night I started, well, at the time I started dating my now husband, my mother and I had a communication system where if I left the house at night, she knew to turn my lamp on if she had something to tell me because we didn't have cell phones back then. And I went out to my truck. My husband, well, my boyfriend was a dairy farmer, so we milked cows. His shift was all through the night, so I would go out there with him at night. The things you do for love. And help him weigh milk and milk cows and things like that. About 11.30 one night, I was leaving the house, and my my light came on, my lamp. We didn't have ceiling lights. We only had lamps. This house was really old. So I ran in the house to see what mom wanted, and she was in the bed. So I walked in there, and I said, Mom, what did you want? And mom was asleep. She kind of got mad at me for waking her up. So I went back out to the truck, cranked it up again, and my light came on again, but this time I wasn't going to fall for it. So I snuck around to my window and looked in the window, and that man was looking back at me. This time I actually saw him. It was not in a dream or a nightmare. Well, a few years later, my sister came home from college, and we were hanging out in my room, and... We had a 110 camera. We only had like three pictures left on the roll, and we wanted to get it developed before she went back to college. This was during the Christmas holiday. Back then, you'd have to take your film to get it developed. It would take two weeks to get it developed. So we decided we'd take a couple of silly pictures with that roll. And apparently my closet door, which had one door, like a bedroom door, on it. it wasn't a double slider or anything like that. It was an open door. It must have been ajar, but, you know, we didn't worry about that. She took my picture, and weeks later, when the pictures came back, we were showing Mom. And I said, oh, Mom, look at this silly picture of me. And we were laughing, and she she wasn't laughing. I said, Mom, why aren't you laughing? She said, I'm trying to figure out who that is coming out of your closet. And I looked, and it was a man with a fedora hat on. He wasn't burned. But I found out that the house was previously owned years ago by a veterinarian who was cruel to animals. And he would threaten to kill people as well. I, I don't think he ever killed anyone. But he was a very cruel man. And he wore a fedora hat. He was a veterinarian in the 40s and 50s and part of the 60s in my hometown. So we believe that's who that is. So I thought I'd just call in and let you know my story. And uh, I have several more. So if you want to hear more, just let me know. I enjoy your station. Thanks. We'd love to hear more, so please do share. With the guy with the burnt face. Mm-hmm. I'd say 
I'm not sure if the Freddy Krueger thing happened like after all that or before all that, but I would say that she had the first incidents with Freddy Krueger. Well, obviously Freddy Krueger's not a real character, but um, or a real person, but uh, there's a lot of situations where somebody shows back up and the image that they're showing up in is how they died. And yeah, I guess that would kind of look like Freddy Krueger, but I don't think it's intended to be like Freddy Krueger. And the man with the fedora hat, it would just be like, what are you doing in my room? Yeah. I know what that is. There's a lot of shadow people type things where the fedora is what the shadow people seem to be wearing. I don't I'll, know if it's of the era or what. I would I would totally be wearing a fedora. <laughs> Why not? You know? Yeah, just a creepy bill out. Just might as well wear the fedora. But the scariest part of the story is when it used to take two weeks to get film developed to get a picture. Can you imagine a world like that, Harper? Oh, God. Where you take a picture and then you're not going to get to see how it turned out for about two weeks. That's so scary. (laughs) (laughs) It's the world we lived in. Oh, 15 years ago, 10, 15 years ago. Not that long ago. And here we are with iPhones. Have you ever heard of a disposable camera? Why? Just why do you need those? Okay. Okay. Well, here's the deal. There was no iPhones. There was no digital phones or I mean, there was digital cameras for about 20 years now, but they were questionable. Um, So people used to get, you know, take pictures on film. And if you uh, were like on a vacation or something and you didn't want to take like your big, expensive, kind of bulky camera around, there was disposable cameras, especially if you're at a spot like, oh, shoot, I forgot my camera. That was there was a phrase people used to say, oh, shoot, I forgot my camera. Something you don't hear anymore because everybody has one on their phone. So there were these stands and stores where you could buy disposable cameras and they were usually uh, uh, cardboard, uh, but there was a plastic interior and a, it was a camera. You would take pictures with it. You get like 24 shots out of it and you didn't just throw it away. You would go to Walgreens or the photo place. And there were options where you could get film developed in about an hour, but that was the very, very expensive option. A lot of times that you dropped it off and then three or four days later or longer it would be developed and ready for you. And then the camera's not used again. It was just made for that one time. Okay, if you're going to have a camera and you are going to want to keep the pictures and if there's not like Well, a, no, you get the pictures. You do get the pictures. I know, but like if there's not like a Walgreens or or like a picture place and you're Oh, just, there was. They were everywhere. You could get you could get film developed all over the place. Even in even in the desert? Well, I mean, if you're in the desert, you got to wait till you get to a spot that has one. But many places did photo developing. This is the world of the 1980s, 90s, 20, the first part of the 2000s. You know what I love the most about that story is, well, what you just told me um, is how you just, is how you said, we, we used to say, oh, shoot, I have lost I forgot my camera. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, oh, shoot, I lost my phone. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of the same thing, but you have to lose your phone first. A lot of people have it on them. The camera thing was always like, I wish I could take a picture of this. I wish I could take a picture of that. Now everybody takes pictures of everything. We're living in some of the most well-documented times ever. 
So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, you can already kind of see it in some ways when you look back on, on pictures and stuff like right now, if like somebody wanted me to find something from five years ago, I could find a picture, a ton of pictures from like five years ago. If you asked me to find a picture from 15 years ago, very sparse. There was many years where I didn't take many pictures and I there was no devices to do that with unless you had a camera camera. But uh, and, and a lot of times people, unless you were really into that, you didn't take many pictures. Yep. So here you go. It's just funny. The perspective that people have um, from the world that you live in. There was a world before you, believe it or not. And many things happened in it. And it was very different. Like 9-11. Yes, that happened too prior to you. There was a lot of things. And uh, it's just uh, it's amazing how much things can change in such a short period of time and how... Uh, how not long ago it was, but how long ago it seems to you when you're young. When you get older, you're like, oh gosh, that really wasn't that long ago. When you think about things your parents tell you about, I think about that all the time now. Where I'm like, oh wow, I look back on things and I realize, oh gosh, like those years were not that far behind me, but they seem so much further when you're you're younger. It's funny. It's all about perspective. All right, that's going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, keep us on the air, become an extra podcast person, an EPP. Sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash Stories to get access to all of our bonus material. We greatly appreciate that. Until next time, for Harper, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. <laughs> 